And a pleasant good evening, everybody, and welcome into Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, we get you set for Bears and Buccaneers in Tampa, a rematch from last year at Soldier Field when Tom Brady and the Buccaneers were stopped by DeAndre Houston Carson and the Bears defense, and they win it 20-19. to From there, the Bucks only got better and went on to win a Super Bowl, and the Bears finished a playoff team, and probably Tom there needed that win to get to the playoffs. In fact, I know they did, so that turned out for the Bears. They did not go anywhere past New Orleans in the playoffs, but the Buccaneers have brought everybody back, and they're ready to go. We'll break that all down for you. We'll also talk to a couple of individuals. One, the veteran voice of the Buccaneers, Gene Deckerhoff, their radio analyst and play-by-play man, and then we'll also be joined by Khalil Herbert, the Bears' sixth-round bunny back. Tom, how you doing, and where you at, and where the Bears are at three and three after that loss to the Packers headed down to Tampa. You know, I was still lingering effects from getting beat by Green Bay Packers. Uh, it's always a tough loss to take emotionally. But, you know, the more I think about this game, I think this is one of the landmark games in the history of the Bears. If you what do you go mean down, by history? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain myself. Um, I think when you go down to Tampa Bay and you're playing the, the Super Bowl champion, if you beat them, it's going to be one of the most talked about games around the NFL for weeks to come. Jeff, since the beginning of the week, we've been 12 and a half point underdogs. It could be a landmark game and maybe one of the worst defeats ever. So what I'm, I just look at the opposite end of the spectrum here. It could be one of the greatest victories in the history of the Chicago bears, or it could be one of the most devastating losses in the history of the bears because the, again, I, I don't know how many teams I've been a part of that have been 12 and a point, 12 and a half point underdogs since the beginning of the week. All right, Tom Thayer, how do they go about doing it? You got to focus all your attention on making it the most possible, uncomfortable afternoon for Tom Brady you can possibly put on his shoulders. You know, Tom Brady is not elusive, he's not going to run outside the pocket. He's going to recognize your de- your defense and try to attack it immediately. You got to make that phone booth size area very uncomfortable. If he's trying to follow through, Akeem Hicks has got to be pushing an offensive lineman into his lap or any of the defensive linemen. If he's going to try to set back there, one of those outside rushers has to get near his feet. They just have to make it uncomfortable for him. If you can disrupt his timing. That's where you're going to get that interception. That word, that's where you're going to get that big incompletion. So it's about how you attack Tom Brady. And it's very difficult to do. Even watching him against the Eagles, uh, he just hangs in that pocket as long as he possibly can, and he knows exactly where to go with the football. He gets rid of it quickly when he has to. He uses the screen game, which I think is deadly. They're using that a lot more. They'd like to go up top, but they're taking away things in that regard because they got playmakers to do it, but they lead the league in yards after the catch, and they got three outstanding receivers. All could be Pro Bowls uh, for Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans. Sean Desai. Uh, had a conversation with the media earlier today, as he does every Thursday. And one of the big topics was tackling, tackling in general. I know Eddie Jackson's gotten uh, a lot of that to Sean Gibson at the safety position in terms of, of critiques. But he says this is up to him, it's up to the guys, and it's team-wide. Uh, no, you know, I don't believe in, uh, as a teacher, I don't believe in threatening anything. Uh, I don't think threats are the way to go. Uh, uh, so as a leader or a teacher. Now, I think uh, as a leader and a teacher, you got to find unique ways to teach and make sure your message is getting across to your players. We do that in a lot of different ways, whether it's in the film room or in practice. And we got to continue to do a better job of it, like I said, from a teaching and coaching perspective and an execution perspective, right? This is not 
this is not just on one party uh, in terms of player or coach. It's a collective effort, and ultimately between the lines, we got to execute, and we got to give them a chance to execute, put them in good positions, and give them the proper techniques and training. Well, Sean's deciding the coaches can try to put the players in the most perfect position they possibly can be in. However, when it comes down to a tackle, it's not the coaches have nothing to do with it. It's about your willingness, your desire, and your commitment to make that tackle, to run through that offensive player with the football, to make sure that you're fundamentally in the right position if you're facing a running back through the line of scrimmage or a wide receiver downfield. This is about player commitment. This is coach's preparation. Once they hand the ball off to you on that Saturday night team meeting or that Sunday uh, morning meeting, then it's it's in the hands of the players. All right, so as of right now, we're not certain what the status is of Robert Quinn. What a great start to the year here. And Khalil Mack are the most dangerous duo right now in terms of sacks in the league. They haven't had a ton of pressures. Others have had more, but they're getting big plays and getting to the quarterback, which uh, certainly does make things more challenging for an offense. Uh, but uh, if they don't have him, it's an opportunity for a guy like Travis Gibson. Oh, it's the biggest opportunity in a young man's lifetime because if Travis Gibson's get the opportunity to go down to Tampa Bay and start a game and he gets his mitts on to Tom Brady a couple times, we talked about a landmark type of game this could be. That could be a landmark type of performance for Travis Gibson. And, Jeff, I like you like him, and I like what we've seen out of him since the beginning of training camp. Now to be able to parlay that into a productive start, that could mean big things for the Bears. Buccaneers are getting some stuff done on the ground with Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones Jr., but it's Fournette, the guy right now. Uh, the Bears' run defense did get hit a little bit by Aaron Jones and the Packers last week as the game wore on. They didn't earn that right to rush the passer, but it has to be the case against Tampa Bay, although Brady's going to throw it 40 times. They like throwing the football. That That is a fact. They don't run it as much as they throw it, but that run game, they've leaned on it a little bit here. Yeah, I think it simplifies what Tom Brady has to do in order for Tampa Bay to be successful. But if you attack a running back like Leonard Fournette, how you would go up and try to uh, attack um, Derrick Henry from the Tennessee Titans, you got to stop him before he starts his momentum. If you can get him to backtrack into the backfield, you will limit the success of Leonard Fournette. All right, so last year, Tristan Wirfs, the, uh, the tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of Iowa as a rookie gave up one sack all year, and he has not given up a sack since. The only sack was to Khalil Mack, and we remember what happened uh, on that play afterwards. Uh, remember Khalil talked yeah, him up there? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that was some kind of power shown by Khalil, but something like that sticks in the mind of, of a rookie a year ago and now a seasoned vet and uh, a Super Bowl champion. But overall, that offensive line has some real good, nasty guys in there, including Jensen at center. Ryan Jensen will play through and to the echo of the whistle. Yeah, you know, they kind of complement the commitment of Tom Brady. Tom Brady has high expectations on his offensive line. They need to be physical when they're run blocking and they need protective when they're throwing the ball. So I just think that, yeah, some of these guys get a great reputation because they're playing with a quarterback as good as Tom Brady. However, when you think of Jensen, the center, and you look at the rest of those guys, yeah, they got a, a a real nasty disposition about the way they go about their business. All right, so a lot ahead here. We'll talk to coming up next, 
Coming up next, we'll talk to Khalil Herbert, the Bears rookie running back. And then later in the show, we'll break down the defense of the Buccaneers, coordinated by one of the best. He has done a great job over the course of his career, Todd Bowles. With Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. This is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW, people who get it, with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, pleased to be joined by sixth-round rookie running back Khalil Herbert. Playing some great football. Khalil, how you doing, man? And how much fun has this been here for the last couple of weeks? And and frankly, the whole season, because uh, it's a dream come true to make it to the NFL, and you're taking advantage of every opportunity. Yeah, definitely is, definitely is. Um, It's it's great. Um, You know, I'm, I'm really enjoying the opportunity to be here. Um, you know, play here. So just making the most of it, trying to make the most of it. You know, one of the things uh, I watch is uh, this pro football focus, and they do a lot of detailed uh, analysis, and it's not always accurate in terms of how a team looks at it, but what you're getting after contact speaks to your ability as a uh, guy that rides low to the ground, so to speak, gets small in the hole, and then can break tackles with a low center of gravity. But they have you at 2.88 Average yards after contact, six forced missed tackles and 108 yards total here in the last couple of weeks. Uh, does it feel like that? You know, those numbers, do they, do they reflect how you feel on the games that you've played so far? I'm not even sure. I, I have to go back and watch the film and count. I don't know how they're counting that stuff. But um, just being able to, to break tackles and make people miss is something we work on every day. So just uh, going back to my roots and, and doing those kind of things. Well, you know what's pretty cool is a play you ran in the Las Vegas game where you were running up the middle and you were continuing to churn your legs. But right alongside you was Jimmy Graham, you know, a guy that's been around for, you know, 15-plus years now in the NFL. And, you know, that's kind of cool, man, is when you get that immediate respect by a veteran like that to push alongside you. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, You know, me and Jimmy mess around every day. Um, but just to to see how him and the tight ends, they attack blocks and, you know, they open up big holes for me and they help out any way they can in the run game. Um, you know, I'm very appreciative of them. Hey, Khalil, do you, number one, do you play fantasy football? Number two, if you don't, are your friends playing fantasy football and they got to be on you about, you know, you know, padding your stats to help them out? I did. I always did before. But this year, you know, I decided to take a break. But um, all my friends, they 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 play. Um, and and they're, they're, last week it was funny. They were talking about picking me up and stuff. So just, just listening to them is kind of funny. It's kind of surreal. Hey, I want to circle back on Jimmy Graham because that's a great topic, great story. And, and the reason I bring it up because uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they sent out their team notes, and you're going through all the notes, and you're seeing the in big, bold colors the Ron, Rob Gronkowski's career. And right there in all the career statistics is Jimmy Graham. I mean, we're Mm -hmm. talking about catches by a tight end, yards, touchdowns, red zone. I mean, you say you mess around with him every day. What's his role Um, uh, with that locker room? He's definitely that, um, you can tell he's been around a long long time, but he's definitely that vet leader in the the locker room. Um, You know, brings along the uh, the younger guys like me. Um, Just kind of getting used to that day-to-day stuff, taking care of my body, Um, you know, kind of getting my mind right before the game. Um, you could even see him in the interview with Mooney, uh, the mic that with Mooney, yeah. just you know, getting everybody ready to go. Smacked um, him pretty good. Energy every day. Yeah, he, he, he smacked him pretty good. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't did. think he liked it too much. Yeah, I always think about you transferring because you know you really you know kind of go all in in the poker terms when you transfer from one school to the next, and then you contribute immediately. How did that process help you be more ready for this year? Because you come in as a rookie, you see who's in front of you. 
you you know you don't know how it's going to go. Then all of a sudden now you're the starting running back of the Chicago Bears. How did that go through that process of of transferring and producing immediately? Uh, I say just being ready, expecting the unexpected. You know, especially with COVID happening last year. You know, we didn't know if we we're going to have a season. So the little film that I had, I had to produce and put something on film if we were going to play, if we were if we were not going to play. Um, so just really. I'm trying to produce and, you know, expect the unexpected and be ready to go immediately when my number's called, I think, um, helped me a lot. You always talk about, oh, is this running back, you know, his vision, you know, this running back, can he pick up blitz? This running back, can he catch? I, I think you need more exposure in the passing game. You did a really nice job of the catch you made this week, converting into a first down, but it wasn't necessarily a real ready position to make the catch. So that's got to elevate your opportunities in the passing game, wouldn't you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, that's all to coaches, but, you know, uh, I'm ready to – I feel like I can do everything out of the backfield. So just being ready and, you know, getting ready for when my number's called. Khalil Herbert, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Bears All Access, and it's brought to you by IGS Energy with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak. Khalil, i got to go talk about number, the number 21. It seems to be significant in your life. Uh, and you, you brought this up, I think, uh, dur- during the draft or prior to the draft, but you always wore number 21 because, if I'm not mistaken, LaDainian Tomlinson, right? Yeah, yeah. And what did you love about his play? His, I mean, obviously the Hall of Fame back, so I, I think you guys are probably pretty similar in height and weight too. Uh, just his ability to do everything, you know, um, short yardage. You know, he could take the ball the distance. He could catch the ball at the backfield, pick up blitzes. Um, just whatever you needed him to do, he was able to do it. And he did it at a high level. So just really that um, and a lot of his moves, you know, he did some stuff that a lot of people can't replicate. So, And still, uh, t- to this day, classy guy, a guy who's humble. And despite being in the Hall of Fame, do you still pop on his tape every now and again just for kicks? Uh, definitely. Uh, just, you know, if, I, if I'm – Wondering what I can do to set somebody up on a route, or if I'm if I'm one on one with somebody in space, just trying to add different things to my game that that you know he may have used uh, to help me out. Here's the other weird thing. So if you're a numbers guy like me, I find I find it interesting. So you were born on the 21st, <laughs> yeah. correct? You wore 21, and mm-hmm. you were pick two one seventeen. I know you'd like to be a lot higher, but did you, did you? I bet you didn't even see that number buried in the no, 217. I didn't, I, I, I didn't realize that one, but so, now you pointed out. Yeah, it's it's creepy. Kind of, so, yeah. But why not wear 21 now? I mean, somebody had it when I first got here, you know, so, and I, I, I'm not really. It's still you know, available. I just, took, <laughs> I just took the number that they gave me. I, I kind of like the 2-4 now, you know, it's growing on me. I like uh, it. So I'm, I'm going to stick with it. Right, commit to the number, man. It's got a lot of years in there for you, so you could always make the change, but this is what you got. Kind of an aggravating question. So, all right, I'm a Bears alumni. You're a Bears player. I'm a season ticket holder. I grew up in Chicagoland my whole life, and I've been a Bears fan. So when I see Rodgers, what he said in the end zone, and then I see it carried over to Tom Brady, to me it frustrates me because I don't want the Bears to be the butt of anybody's joke. Do you guys talk about that? Do you not pay attention to it? Is it a topic inside the locker room that says, hey, man, we got to right the ship? I didn't I don't know what happened with Tom Brady, but um, from Rogers. Yeah, that's something that, you know, we we try not to let happen. We try to we, we definitely try to fix that and um, change that. So things like that can't be said. Um, you know, we don't want to be taken as a joke to anybody. So it's definitely something, you know, we take with a grain of salt and we try to, you know, come back and. Um, you know, hopefully next time we play them, we'll be ready. 
So at this stage of your young career, you look into the eyes of a guy like Jason Peters. You think, man, this third, this guy's 39 years old. He's seen everything in football. Do you ever, uh, you know, have a question or an opportunity to talk to him, to pick his brain about something that may be so far in the future for you? Yeah, um, especially, you know, with Pass Pro, just, you know, seeing what he sees, really just any type of advice I can get, I try and, you know, pick his brain and, and um, he's great with helping me out, um, slowing things down for me and allowing me to know who I got or, um, you know, be aware of certain things that he might he might point out for me uh, just to help me play fast and, and um, you know, pick things up. Honestly, it's like a coach on the field and uh, not a bad guy to run behind on that definitely. left side, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Khalil Herbert, our guest, we're going to step away, take our first break here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. Joined by Khalil Herbert, the Bears rookie running back. I'm no longer even going to put a, uh, a round on you because once you're here, it doesn't matter. And you mm-hmm. are proving that every single day, starting out with a kick return game and finding a way to get on the field. And that's really the first step in the process, isn't it? Finding a way to get on the field and, and impressing your coaches. And they all tell, tell me how hard you work every day. One of the first guys in here, always on the field, working extra. I mean, this is that's something that you're born with, I feel. It's not something that you just automatically show up and do. Hey, some guys do, but it sounds like this is always what you've always been about. Yeah, um, that's I, I feel like that's how I got here. Um, I was never like the most talented, um, you know, this freakish athlete. I just always had to put in extra work and always had to do things, you know, when people aren't watching that, uh, to be where I am today. So just continuing it with that mindset and, you know, um, trying to get better every day, trying to find something that I could get better at each day, um, uh, you know, it's helping me out. So You know, Khalil, when Jeff and I saw you for the first time out of practice, you know, you had development that you're either naturally gifted or you're dedicated to the weight room. When when we see you from the outside, what is it? Is it just something you've been blessed with or are you a weight room guy from years back? Uh, Definitely a weight room guy. When I was younger, I was uh, I was chubby. Uh, I I played (laughs) a line in Little League. So just uh, continuing to, you know, lose that and keep my weight off and um, lift weights is something that's helped me out um, a lot. So just definitely weight room guy. It's something I pride myself on, and you know, I I feel like I I love to lift, especially squats. So yeah, I was gonna ask you, do you have a favorite lift? Yeah, yeah, that's squat. it. Why? Right. I don't know. I just something about it. Just it, I don't know. I love. We had big squat Fridays at my school, <laughs> and it was this whole big thing. So it was fun. What's your PR? Um, what did I squat? We did two rep maxes. So I think I did. 535 twice. Oh, very good. Yeah. It's a lot of weight. You're moving a lot of weight. Hey, Cleo, I would just want to ask you a question about your kickoff return experience. When I, I'm a football fan, so I watch a lot of college football, and nothing aggravates me more than the frequency of fair catches in college football mm-hmm. on kickoffs. Yeah. So you really did, you never, your standard was set, man. If, if I got a chance to catch it, I'm going, which I think that's what we mm-hmm. have grown to admire around here. You know, what What did you learn from that process? You know, you were doing so well at it. Does it help you as a running back, or is it completely different than a, a carry from behind center? Um, I feel like it definitely helps, just especially that was my kind of first taste of real NFL speed and the real NFL game. Um, just getting a feel for that speed, you know, getting a feel, taking those hits. Uh, so just getting me ready for when I'm, under, when I'm behind center, uh, just – 
knowing what it feels like to be in an NFL game. So just I'd say from that standpoint, it does. Um, and, and it's kind of just like running the ball inside zone. Um, how we block things. So Well, ba- then backtracking, I don't know if you're a fan of college football. If you were in college and you had kickoff return opportunities, would you be a fair catcher or would <laughs> you be a guy that would take it off? Oh, no. I would, I'm would. i taking it out every time. And All right. especially at VT, my coach, he was very aggressive and he's like, if, if, if you're able to catch it, bring it out. So, um, you know, I feel like Coach Taves has the same mindset and, you know, feel like we do a really good job on return blocking. So, Khalil Herbert, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. I don't know if you watch College Game Day before your day gets started, but uh, to me it's one of the best shows on television. But mm-hmm. last weekend they had J.J. Weaver of Kentucky. Have you seen this feature that they did on him? Because he was born with six fingers on his right hand. We know your story. You're born with uh, 12 fingers. Uh, you have a sixth toe on the left foot. Three are webbed. And, and he... The feature was about the abuse he took as a kid. Yeah. You know, he was always heckled. Uh, he was bullied, and he said they used to call him an alien. So he went to an elementary school. Did you see this feature? I didn't see the feature, but I did see the picture. Yeah. So he went to an elementary school where, where, where one of the teachers there also had a similar condition. And I don't know yeah. what it's called. I, I can't pronounce it. Turns out one in every 1,000 births in the world, this, this happens. But it was to these third grade kids who are also getting bullied. So my question, did, did you ever have to deal with that as a kid or, and did you, how did you handle it? And what would you say to kids that have that same situation? Um, yeah, I did. But when I was younger, a lot of the time, you know, especially in Florida, like if somebody says something to you, you kind of, you just kind of figure out a way to say something back or like something happens. But I mean, um, you mean you I took care older, of business. You threw yeah, him out of the yeah, club, yeah. right? <laughs> but, um, you know, as I got older, you know, I kind of realized that it's something special about me. Um, you know, not many people have the same thing. So I got I kind of took pride in it and realized that, you know, I'm, I'm unique in a different way. Um, so that's how I'd say people to take to, to, to think of to think of that um, is just to, you know, you're different in a good way. So, hey, Khalil, when you get ready to go into this atmosphere that you're going to be down in Tampa Bay, you know, it's going to be another hostile environment. It's going to be tough to hear at the line of scrimmage. How has that timing been between basically where it transfers from uh, Sam Mustafer to the quarterback to you, depending upon your role per play? Mm-hmm. Has the volume of crowds been, you know, affected you at all? Or is it just, you know, you wait for the momentum of the play to start and then get you, get going? Um, I, I don't think it's it's been a – it's been – I don't think it's it's messed me up at all, really. Um, we do a great job in practice of communicating and practicing um, under loud volumes, and they blast the speaker at practice, so we we have to practice communicating in that type of scenario. But um, you know, the O line does a great job of communicating communicating to me and Justin and uh, relaying whatever is going on up front, uh, so we're able to you know get the play off in time and and uh, have a successful play. Kalel, Jeff will not give me any respect for the next topic I'm going to bring up because as an offensive lineman, we used to play down in Tampa every year. And the first thing I did, I would look up when do we play them and how hot is it going to be. (laughs) And so I look up, it's 86 degrees for a high. Is that completely out of your mind or do do you ever think of those types of football issues? I mean, I'm from Florida, so I love that. Right. I love that. But um, no, I, I never did think about it, but it's, you know, guys are hydrating, getting ready for that heat. You know, I, I don't think you ever really could get ready for it. You just got to be hydrated and, you know, it's a mind thing. 
Well, you know, he'll think about the snow, maybe. You know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah you. Yeah. That's, that's th- a different scenario. Have you played in a snow game in your life? Um, I've played one, like not deep snow, but I've played when it's been snowing. But I played in really cold games too. So. Yeah, well, get ready. That's coming. <laughs> right. that, that is coming. The wind whips off of Lake Michigan pretty good there in Soldier Field, as you're going to find out. You build up a resistance to it. Yep, yep, yep. couple things, and then we'll let you go. We like to have fun with uh, with the guys, and uh, we'll do a five-pack of, of interesting questions. Whatever pops in your mind, let it rip. But before I do that, i got to go back to your English teacher five years ago before the draft. I think it's a fantastic story. She had you write letters to yourself where you might be in five years without knowing all the details of that letter you wrote to yourself, I'm sure it was a list of goals. One of them was being in the NFL. So now does it give you goosebumps, you know, that that letter came to fruition? It definitely does. It's, it's something I forgot about. Um, and I got in the mail and I didn't even know, like, I'm like, who is this? But um, <laughs> my, my, my dad and my stepmom, they decided that they were going to wait to read it till draft day. So I didn't even read it. I had got it a couple months before when I was training back home. Um, and I didn't even read it. Uh, so I completely had forgot about it, and then they brought it out. So it was, it was kind of surreal, and it's one of those things, you know, you just keep in mind um, as you go through day-to-day, and it gets a little hard. Um, just, you know, this is something you always dreamed of being here. Um, you know, don't take it for granted. You know, it's a blessing. So Maybe you'll keep writing yourself letters every five years. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right? I, I meant to do another one for another five years. I haven't done it yet, but yeah. I'll, I'll get to it. Yeah. All right, here we go. First of the five. Okay. Most embarrassing moments. Of your life. Just embarrassing. Dang. And maybe you're um, lucky enough to never have had one. No, I can't think of one. Um, most embarrassing moment. We'll pass. We'll pass. Yeah, All right. If I'm not bad. football, what I'd like to be? Uh, I'd probably run track. Favorite book? Favorite book? <laughs> uh, the Bible. There you go. Hey, you know what? I'm still waiting. I, I read one book like every 10 years. So uh, any hobby? Any hobbies? Um, probably just games. I really just watch TV and movies a lot. There you go. And then your most memorable moment. Most memorable moment. Um, probably beating UVA at VT. All right. Back to the college game. Hopefully you make many, many, many big moments here in the National Football League. We appreciate all your time and thank you for joining us. Continued success, Khalil. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bears and Buccaneers on Sunday. It's uh, in Tampa. Khalil Herbert, a big part of that picture for the Bears' offense. Coming up next, we had a bird's-eye view of the Bucks from their veteran play-by-play voice, Gene Deckerhoff. It's all just ahead with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak, and this is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access. It's brought to you by IGS Energy here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Pleased to be joined by the veteran voice of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the inimitable Gene Deckerhoff, uh, 1989, I believe it started. He's also the voice of Florida State Seminole football and basketball. I think that started in 1979 with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. Gene, do I do I have the numbers right? Yeah, the numbers are uh, right right on target. I started basketball in 74 at Florida State, and then uh, five years later started uh, FSU football. Then 10 years after that, Tampa Bay Buccaneers come a-calling, and uh, we've been able to, to, to put together Saturday-Sunday weekends for the last – 33 years, and I cross my fingers and say a little prayer, Jeff, because, you know, uh, airline travel is not what it used to be. No, it's not, and we're experiencing it for the first time flying uh, without the charter. We didn't go anywhere last uh, year except driving up to Detroit. So my guy Tommy's lost all his hair because of uh, commercial travel. So correct. it's been a challenge, but uh, United's taking good care of us. So hopefully, uh, you know, knock on wood, I don't know how you've pulled it off, Gene. How have you uh, done this over all these well, years about the dual, dual weekend trips? 
it's been it's been tough. The trip to London has always been especially tough. I did about one quarter of a Clemson Florida State game two years ago, and then got on a little <laughs> plane, flew to Atlanta, called on the big plane, and flew to London, and uh, arrived at uh, uh, Tottenham uh, Hotspur uh, Arena yeah. about uh, an hour before kickoff. So wow. uh, that was the, that was one of the toughest. Hey, Tom, stay out of middle seats on airplanes. <laughs> oh, talk, to you, talk talk to the general manager of your network, and get, be sure to get a first class seat, will you? Oh that, my your, gosh. Hair will, your hair will grow back, Tom. <laughs> I promise you. No middle seats, first class hair grows. When we think up here and we admire the Tampa Bay Bucks from far, I started the admiration, I think, in last year's defensive effort because I think uh, everything you want to hear about Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, and how great and the weapons you have on offense, I think the defense played such a huge role in winning that Super Bowl that – you know, is is that still is that still the lifeline of your football team, even though you have Tom Brady? Well, Tom Brady, it, it begins with Tom, uh, and, and, and he's the goat. He is the absolute. It, it is almost he's surgical, and, and at forty four years old, he plays like he's twenty two, and he is the reason why the Buccaneers won Super Bowl fifty five, and the reason why the Buccaneers are five and one. Without Tom Brady, we're probably average even though the defense is is exceptionally good. You know, d- defending the pass has been a problem this year because of injuries. Our defensive numbers would be a, a whole lot better if we could stop other teams' passing attack. But when you lose Sean Murphy Bunning in the first game, Carlton Davis goes out. We played the last two games without Antoine Winfield. Those are, three, those are our three best defensive backs. And then we pick up Richard Sherman, who comes up with a hamstring issue. So uh, the Buccaneers, we may be last in the league in defending the pass all season long until we get some healthy body back there. Uh, the linebacker crew, I wouldn't trade them for anybody in the world. Uh, they look like those Chicago Bears linebackers crews in days gone by, but uh, Devin White is the real deal. Uh, and Levante David, he's He's hampered with a high ankle injury, although Coach Bruce Arian said in his presser on Tuesday that he has hopes he might be able to play. But those two together are as good as any tandem of inside linebackers in the conference. And what we're trying to figure out with that front five, why we can't get more sacks, we should have double the sacks that the Buccaneers have had. Maybe it has to do with the quarterbacks we have faced, but your mobile quarterbacks, tough to sack. And, uh, you know, by the time you get up to them, it's like, you know, watch Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Every time he's almost sacked, he throws the ball away. And so that may be the reason why our sack numbers are down, but uh, it, it should be way up there. But, uh, yeah, the secondary is going to be – that's going to be – I hate to use the term Achilles heel because we have a, a, a tight end coming back off an Achilles injury, but that's the Achilles heel of the Buccaneer defense. You know, you talked about the quarterbacks you face so far, but what about the quarterback you're going to face this week? Because opposite end of the spectrum where you have a rookie that's trying to develop his skills along the way, I mean, is this the – you know, the perfect quarterback for your defense to play against under these circumstances? Well, I, I don't know if there's a perfect, the only quarterback that's beaten the Buccaneer, the, there's yours, Matthew Stafford. You know, he's like a statue back there. He's not mobile, but he's the quarterback that beat the Buccaneers. You know, we both have played, Bears have played, and, and the Bucks have played. The L.A. Rams, uh, they, they beat us. Uh, it was really a two-touchdown score. Uh, they beat uh, they beat the Bears, obviously, uh, handily. Uh, at Los Angeles, that's a tough venue to go in and win, particularly when you have to go East Coast uh, or the, the the Midwest to to the far far West, I'd call it. But uh, that's the only loss the Bucks have, and uh, at five and one, the Bucks have never been six and one. A chance to do that on Sunday, so uh, the Bucks will give the Bears a really good fight, I would imagine. And uh, oh, by the way, uh, 
Uh, I have a feeling the memes are all over the place in Chicagoland about what down is it? Is it third down, fourth yeah. down? Is it the fifth down? You know, but I'm, I'm sure that's flying around because uh, I'll promise you this. Tom Brady has not forgotten that he forgot what down it was. And that was, you know, that was one of those nail biters. We, we won games like that last year. And for some reason on that Thursday night at Chicago, number one, uh, we turned the ball over. Number two, we had uh, about a million penalties. I, I, if, he, if we'd had one more penalty, they'd put the whole team in jail. <laughs> but uh, th- those were the reasons why, you know, we lose 20 to 19. Oh, by the way, Jimmy Graham does his thing. He always beats the Bucks. And Nick Foles, for some reason, Nick Foles has a – I promise you, he's got a winning record over the Bucks. Well, I, I had a fear that Brady is not going to forget that. He's 5-1 against the Bears, and the only loss was last year. Right. He's going to remember that one for sure. Gene Deckerhoff, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, this is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. Let's talk more about – Brady, because there's one ball, but there's many weapons, and that's always a fear when you have a team with a lot of great players, and especially at that receiver position, they've got big some big egos. Not necessarily your guys down in Tampa, but in general, we've experienced that over the course of time. But he is, as you say, surgically de- de- deciphering exactly what defenses are trying to do, but he's extremely accurate right now, and they're basically letting him pick away because they're not allowing you to get the big, 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 big play. They're playing defense with everything in front of them, but you're making everybody happy. He's spreading it around almost perfectly across the board. How do you account for that? Well, Jeff and Tom, there's a reason. There's a reason why everybody that started against the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 55 re-signed to play with the Buccaneers. That's unheard of. Generally, you know, you lose four or five guys, they take the big money and go as a free agent. Don't blame them. But everybody returned from the team that beat Kansas City and won the Super Bowl, and they want to play, one, for head coach Bruce Arians, and two, they want to play with a winning quarterback, and they feel like they got the, they got the right guy in Tom Brady. And I agree with them and, uh, about the weapons. Think about this. Last year, going into the season, you didn't have Antonio Brown. You didn't have Lenny Fournette. Rob Gronkowski had committed, but he'd been retired for a year. And uh, the, 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 he, he, Antonio Brown was not. But, but those guys came around later in the season. The Bucks were 7-5 and five going into the bye week. And something happened, either the rest, the get away from the grind maybe, uh, uh, maybe a little more work in the playbook. But the Buccaneers then went unbeaten throughout the month of December, ran the table in the playoffs, won the Super Bowl and started this year with a, a, a big win, uh, two big wins before we sort of stubbed our toe at Los Angeles. But this team is is still, I don't think this team is playing at the level it played at to win the Super Bowl last year, but I think it's getting close. And you add those defensive players who had big plays defensively in our run to the Super Bowl championship, and then you get Rob back. I mean, Tom, I think, is still trying to find – uh, to find his way without having Rob Gronkowski in there. He was a much better quarterback when Rob was in there during that Super Bowl run than he has been uh, without Rob Gronkowski. Rob had a rib injury in the L.A. game. Don't think you'll see him on Sunday, and I wouldn't be a bit surprised if he misses another game. But uh, you can't fiddle around with, with uh, fractured ribs and a punctured lung. Uh, just take it easy, Rob. And uh, uh, all of a sudden, O.J. Howard is starting to get back into the flow of thing. Had a touchdown catch last week. And so maybe he can he can fill that tight end slot until we get Rob back. But, uh, yeah, big keys to the – Big keys to the rest of the season is getting Rob Gronkowski healthy, getting that secondary healthy, and, oh, by the way, keeping Tom Brady vertical, upright, and throwing the football. We're facing two of the best sack, sack artists of the, in the league this weekend, and the offensive line has got to answer the bell. They've got to protect Tom Brady. Your yep. running back position is kind of unique because Fournette came on and has really burst on the scene, especially this year. 
but Jones was a good running back last year. So most of the running backs that Jeff and I have seen so far has been kind of a two-headed monster. Or is this a one running back team? No, this is this is a, this is running back by committee. Uh, we even saw Giovanni Bernard run the football. Uh, he had been primarily a third down pass catching running back, but uh, two games ago we had a chance to see him run the football against the Miami Dolphins. He had Blaine Gabbard at quarterback, and, and so the second unit was in there. But Gio, he can run the football. So uh, I I think that uh, Rojo is the home run hitter. Leonard Fournette's the guy that's going to get you the first down. He's going to get you a touchdown when you need one. And and you add up his yards. I mean, he's having a heck of a, he's having the best game he's had since he left Jack. The best season he's had since he left Jacksonville. Uh, Five hundred sixty-five all-purpose yards rushing and receiving combined. That's almost a hundred yards a game. In the last three, he's had over a hundred yards from scrimmage in those ball games, and they've all resulted resulted in Tampa Bay wins. So yeah, he's. He is the guy that keeps Tom Brady safe in the backfield. He's a pretty good blocker. I'll tell you this. He's the best blocker of the running backs. So uh, he's got a job to do to protect Tom, a job to do to run and score touchdowns. He's got three of them this year. And, oh, by the way, get us another 120 yards total uh, from scrimmage. And, and that's a winning formula for the Bucs. Keep, keep, get Leonard Fournette in the ball. Playoff Lenny, we call it. Make this a playoff game against the Bears and uh, let playoff Lenny go to work. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's – Rojo's not going anywhere. Uh, he was re- he was drafted to be uh, a, a, the prime time Buccaneer running back, and all of a sudden you got a guy that's hot. Lenny, without Lenny Fournette, the Bucks don't win the Super Bowl. Without Lenny Fournette, the Bucks don't even get in the, uh, the Super Bowl. Rojo took a handoff and went ninety eight yards against Carolina last year. I'd like to see him do that again. Well, we wouldn't. We want to play some defense. <laughs> obviously, Gene, obviously. Gene, we're going to see you on Sunday. Always good right. to see you and good to talk to you. And good luck the rest of the way. Bucks Bears, it doesn't get a whole lot better. No, it does not. We'll see you in Tampa with Gene Deckerhoff, Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. One more segment to go tonight in Bears All Access after this timeout on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Download the Chicago Bears app to play our new predictor game, Risk It, brought to you by Bet Rivers for your chance to win $250 in free bets in a custom Bears jersey. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, our final segment tonight, we're going to focus on the Buccaneers' defense and how the Bears and rookie quarterback Justin Fields will attack that defense. Uh, Bears have run the ball as much as anybody in the league. Think third in the league since the last three weeks in terms of rushing attempts. People don't run, run on the Buccaneers. They are 32nd in runs uh, allowed to over the course of this season so far. I don't know how you break that down, Tom, as if they don't want to run it, they haven't tried to run it, they fall behind so they don't run it, but teams are not running on the Buccaneers. Is it out of fear? Is it out of fear that there's no way you can do it because you got the big guy Vita Vey in there and Adama can sue in that aggressive front? I, I think it's a combination of both. I think when you talk about Vita Vey and Adama Kasu, there's a lot of power up front. So to me, if I was going to run the ball, I wouldn't run directly at him. I would make him chase from sideline to sideline every pay. I would have pitches. I would have sweeps. I would have uh, immediate, you know, on the line of scrimmage screens. So those guys are running and you're trying to create fatigue. But Jeff is so inviting to throw the ball downfield because they've had so many injury issues in the defensive backfield. So I think some of these great inventors of offensive game plans they look at, oh, my God, they got third stringers. They got a vet, a 37-year-old guy they picked off on the street and inserted him in the starting lineup, talking about Richard Sherman, who's injured. So it's inviting for these guys to say, okay, we can protect, man. We can beat these guys downfield. And so it's just that invitation. You, you can answer it, but you still got to run. All right, offensive coordinator Bill Lazor uh, talking about Vita Vea earlier on Thursday. 
Oh, just did such a great job holding the point in the run game. I mean, he, he's uh, usually when you double team someone, you feel like, well, if we double team him, at least we can get a little bit of movement. We can control him. It's just a matter of how long do we have to stay on to get before someone can get up to the linebacker. But, but he, he can destroy double teams so well that it's hard to get off for the linebackers. And then in, in the pass game, I think he has a rare ability to push the pocket. Well, you've played against guys like this. How difficult yep. would it be to uh, churn out Vita Vea and make sure he doesn't get off of those double teams? Well, you know, I'm not going to, you know, if I have 40 running plays during the course of the game, 30 of them aren't going to be point of attack Vita Vey. My point of attack is going to be Adamica Sewer to the outside. So, you know, when you're talking about sustaining a double team, you know, you're not talking about a half-hour job. You're talking about maybe two and a half seconds to make sure you stabilize him and get that next block to the second level. So don't you, it's not unrealistically it can be done. However, you're not going to move him a, a significant amount of space if you do double team him, but that's not what his job is. His job is just to hold the point of attack. Suffered a nasty injury in week five last year at Soldier Field. Yeah. Found a way, though, to come back to play two playoff games, including the Super Bowl. Justin Fields, the rookie quarterback, getting the start once again. He'll be facing a blitz-happy defense, a pressure-packed defense. And there is growth in areas of importance, according to Laser, with a rookie quarterback. The quarterback's opinion matters. You know, it's just a fact that there's veteran receivers, and they have the ways they've done things, but... In the end, the quarterback has the ball in his hand and has got to be the one to trust it to throw it. So I think he's just, as he as he goes, has grown in his confidence and his ability to communicate it to the players. And I think that's that's been good to watch. I, th- I think his play speed over time just keeps getting better and better. And it shows up, obviously, in practice quite a bit. And sometimes on game day, you know, we, we can check off boxes. And sometimes we see things that we still need to pick up the play speed. But that's that's the process. Everything is this incremental development that we all see and we understand it happening. But sometimes you have to match incremental development with the team you're playing. So if Justin Fields is not going to drop directly behind center for a majority of the passes and then get rid of the ball, he's going to have to use his athleticism, like the runs I say and get outside and get away from Vita Bay. The protections they got to meet, you know, moving pockets. That that play that was so simple last week, that early bootleg to Cole Komet. I, you know, I would run that five or six times until they stopped it, until they figured out a way that they were going to, you know, have a interruption of the success of that play. So to me, Justin has to be on the outskirts when he's throwing the ball. And I think it challenges these defensive backs who are inexperienced to cover even longer. Outstanding linebackers, the stellar play of Devin White, their tackle leader, Shaq Barrett, has four sacks. Levante David working back from an ankle injury. Joe Tyron, a draft pick in the first round. Joe Tyron, Shoinka, he's shown some burst as well. Overall, Cole Komet likens this front, Tom, to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I mean, obviously they, they both got really good defensive fronts. Um, Tampa's best in the league at stopping the run and you know that's something that we've been really good at so it'll be interesting to see how that goes and you know for us it's just about you know as tight ends really really affecting the front any way we can whether it's chips or you know standing for protection to help Justin and, and things like that so we just got to be active on the edge like that and you know it should be it should work out well for us and the other thing about that too Justin admits yep I got to be smarter about it when uh when it comes to pressure I, I can't take sacks that are going to result in you know 10 12 13 yard losses against a team like Tampa Bay well you know if, if Cole command in the tight end position is gonna compare Cleveland defense to Tampa Bay defense 
the tight end position really didn't come alive until the next game. So I'm interested to see how the Bears coaches incorporate the tight end position in blocking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because, to me, Todd Bowles is one of the most creative defensive coordinators in the league, being able to use the multiple facets of talent he has in that defense. I know he's hindered because of the defensive backs, but creativity up front, he's still one of the tops in the league. And they got to score points. It's a big emphasis. It always has been. It always will be. you got to score points to win games. You can't count on a defense shutting teams out, no matter how good it may be. Uh, they're going to have some days when they're going to give up points, especially in this league right now and against good teams. Matt Nagy's emphasized it. And Allen Robinson, even before the season began, way back in the offseason, he keeps reiterating the need for explosives big time. Those are plays of 20 or 25 yards or more. Being able to stay ahead of the sticks is, is, is definitely important, and I always think important, which I feel like we were able to do on some of those drives and be able to get some explosive runs, able to get some explosive passes, you know, and being able to kind of shorten the field in that sense, you know, because, again, if you get an explosive run or pass, you know, that's a fifth of the field, you know, if you get a 20-yarder, you know. So being able to get a couple plays like that, you know, it really shrinks the field down and you really start to put the pressure on the defense. And which Tampa's really good at. They get a lot of explosives offensively. But, you know, it's about the Bears, and that's what they need. For Bears game day live, my key to the game is explosive chunk plays because I think if you could ever be invited to expose the speed that you have on your team, Marquise Goodwin, Damon Bird, Darnell Mooney, and A-Rob for that matter, can you get multiple chunk plays, though, Jeff? It can't be one or two. It's got to be five or six. All right, we'll break it down for you throughout the course of the rest of the week. You'll do so as well here on The Score, and we'll bring the game to you from News Radio 105.9 WBBM, starting with a noon pregame with Ron, Jim, and Jay. Tom and I take over the controls for the kickoff at 325. That's going to wrap us up for today's show. I want to thank our guests, Khalil Herbert, the Bears rookie running back, also the voice of the Buccaneers, Gene Deckerhoff. For our producers, Jordan Treadup, Dan Barilli, and the folks here at The Score, I'm Jeff Joniak. For Tom Thayer, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you on the radio Sunday. This has been Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good night, everybody.